you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. The big podcast, uh, Circus 10 in the Sky. We're bringing all the brightest people. The show where all the billionaires come, the CEOs, the brilliant minds, the great new authors, the newsmakers, all the hottest people we've had on the show. We did 655 shows in the last year, ending in uh, August, and uh, we're planning on doing 1,000 shows this year. So if you're not keeping up all the shows, damn it, I want you to quit your day job. And make sure you listen to every single one. Don't do that. Don't quit your day job. (laughs) Just work weekends, people. Listen to the show. Uh, We always have the most uh, brilliant minds on the show. And as always, we have another one here today. We're going to be talking about imposter syndrome and uh, what it is, how it works, how and why you might be suffering from it, and how you can free your mind. Not like the, my psychiatrist wants to free my mind through a funnel lobotomy. So this might be a better way to do things, healthier, and you'll have a memory too, but you'll probably smile less. Anyway, guys, uh, we're going to be talking to her about her amazing new book that's coming out tomorrow and uh, all that good stuff. But as always, that's the setup to guilt and shame you to refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Put your arm around them, look deep into their soul, and say, you know what? If only you could be smarter and listen to Chris Foss show. I know that you can do it. Uh, go to goodreads.com for Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com for Chris Foss, YouTube.com for Chris Foss, and Chris Foss one on the tickety talkity over there, as the kids like to call it. No, they don't. Uh, she is an amazing new author, uh, multi book author, I should have mentioned as well. Uh, Dr. Tara Halliday is on the show with us today, and she is a specialist in being an imposter syndrome coach. So what she'll do is she'll help coach you to have more imposter syndrome. No, that's not true. That's not right. You read that wrong, Chris. No, she's a she's a coach to help you solve your issues with imposter syndrome. Am I an imposter on this one? I don't know what's going on. This I, this might be my doppelganger who's on the show today. Uh, anyway, she's the author of the newest book that comes out September 14th, 2023. Outsmart imposter syndrome. End the suffering. Free your mind. Claim your inner success. Tara Holiday joins us on the show, and uh, she'll be talking to us about that. Uh, she guides high-achieving leaders to eliminate imposter syndrome and develop energy, focus, calm, resilience, and effortless confidence. She has a PhD in engineering and over 20 years experience as a qualified holistic therapist and certified coach. She brings a practical and scientific approach to helping high performers reach their highest potential. She's the author of the number one bestseller, Unmasking, uh, The Coach's Guide to Imposter Syndrome and Outsmart Imposter Syndrome that's just coming out now. We'll be talking about today. Her mission and passion are to free high achievers and leaders from unnecessary internal suffering and bleeding that they can live healthy, happy, meaningful, successful lives. I added the bleeding part. Welcome to the show, Tara. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. Have delighted to be here. Delighted. There you go. Delighted. And you're coming to us across the pond because delighted sounds like something the English would use in a proper sense. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. God save. Well, I guess it's the king now. The king. Yeah. We yeah. Have a new king. I don't know about all that, but we'll, that's another uh, show. Uh, so there you go. But uh, the queen was elegant and wonderful. Uh, so give us your.com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. That's outsmartimpostorsyndrome.com. There you go. And uh, give us a, uh, what motivated you to write this book? You wrote your previous book on, uh, on unmasking uh, uh, imposter syndrome. What motivated you to write this one? So my previous book was for coaches. So it's for coaches to help them help their clients with imposter syndrome. This one is for people who are experiencing imposter syndrome itself. So that's that's the direction. The reason for it is like the bigger reason is that imposter syndrome affects over 70% of high achievers at some point in their careers. Oh, really? And it can, it can, the stress of it, it can lead people to end their careers. It can lead to burnout. It's, it's serious stuff. And um, there's not a lot of good help out there. There you go. And I've heard a lot of people talk about it, especially women. I seem to see a lot of women that talk about it the most. I don't know why. Maybe that's because women are self-reflective and they're, you know, they're, you know like always thinking of, 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 you know, what goes on with them. Men, we just kind of like, I don't know, I'll just do it. And uh, we don't really think about it. We probably have some sort of imposter syndrome, but it's kind of like us and doctors. We never go have it looked at. Um, so uh, uh, what is imposter syndrome? How would you define this or how is it defined? Yeah. So imposter syndrome is the secret feeling of being a fraud when you're not. And ah. with that comes the fear of being found out. Ah. I, for 15 years, I've always thought people was going to figure out that I'm not really a podcaster and that I'm just really good at Legos. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's the best thing I can do up the fly, folks. Legos. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you better joke there. You fill it in for me. You write the show and tell me what I should have said. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm an imposter on comedy, on comedy, comedy. <laughs> must be the end of the day man what's going on chris it's it's hump hump day in the middle of the week uh wednesday uh so uh give us a thirty thousand overview of the book and what's inside okay so the the, the, the book itself is about imposter syndrome. So it introduces it, what it is, what it isn't, the symptoms. But really what it is, is I'm sharing the secrets of how to get rid of it mm. when you understand what the root cause of it is. And that's really the whole point. So I go step by step through it. And because ah, there's a lot of hand waviness with imposter syndrome, it all seems a bit vague to people. Oh. Um, I've gone right down into the hard science of why the, the, the process works, how you can get rid of it, and exactly why, right down to the neurochemicals in the brain. Ah, so it's, there's some neurochemicalization to it. Uh, yep. So tell us a little bit about your origin story and your background. What got you down the road of life and uh, the twists and turns of the roadway and uh, into this field? Yeah, uh, well, it definitely was a twist and turn. Um, I did my degree in engineering. I got a PhD in engineering. But the reason I was in engineering is because actually, when I was 13, I decided I wanted to be a psychologist. Mm. <laughs> my family didn't want that for me. So oh. I spent a 10 year diversion going off into engineering, finally came back trained as a holistic therapist. And that's where I started. And mm -hmm. then moving forward, I was seeing clients and some of them kept coming back 
and they're not supposed to do that you know not not <laughs> they're supposed to come for a little while and then you know fly and be free yeah but they you know i'm not supposed to be a crutch for them so then i i dove into why do they keep coming back that turned mm -hmm. out to be their beliefs so i got trained in a very specific coaching around beliefs the belief of unconditional worth mm -hmm. and then one of my clients came and said hey what's this imposter syndrome this was like mm. 2016 and i'd never heard of it at that point so i researched it and there was this big light bulb moment oh good grief this is the belief of unconditional worth so that's how i got connected to imposter syndrome the there rest is yeah and so do you find that you you were suffering from that throughout your life maybe i never noticed it mm -hmm. i didn't have words for it probably the strongest place it came out when i first graduated i applied for a graduate trainee program with this big engineering firm mm -hmm. they were doing all sorts of tests and they they came back and they said we don't want to offer you a a graduate apprenticeship effectively they said we want to put you on a fast track management oh, <laughs> there you go that's better yeah and i went oh no <laughs> and I, I i went back to university to to get my phd because i was avoiding that's one of the imposter syndrome behaviors i was avoiding the leadership role something that i thought that i'd fail at now i didn't recognize this as imposter syndrome at all this was you know i just told myself oh management that sounds boring <laughs> and, and 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 that well, yeah but it also can be you know as mm -hmm. now i know le le leadership can be a wonderful fant fantastic exhilarating thing to do definitely not boring um mm -hmm. but i didn't recognize it and that's what most people experience with imposter syndrome is they don't recognize it for what it is because people see the symptoms they don't see the root cause of it and i i certainly didn't see that avoiding that particular career path was imposter syndrome i only noticed it decades later there you go uh and you you have on your website too if people are sitting in the audience and they're like what if i have imposter syndrome and then your imposter is like i wonder if i have imposter syndrome and then your other imposter <laughs> this is like my personalities uh so you have a you have a chance to get a full report on um uh on your website and so yeah. i took your imposter syndrome test today oh you did yeah i did i i thought it was funny i scored a 22 percent and it said i uh i have malignant uh, uh what did it say it, I, I had uh malignant uh machiavellianism and dark triad <laughs> traits and i i said well that sounds about right uh you know i mean some of the questions i wanted to say uh that i I didn't really feel, but I couldn't lie. I mean, there are times where you, you know, you question stuff. If you start a task, you're like, this could suck and fail. But, you know, I've kind of learned that if I work hard and a little bit of luck and, you know, fumble through stuff enough, chew the, you know, one of my big things is if it's hard and uh, challenging, you know, chew the elephant, you know, one bite at a time. You just, mm -hmm. you just sit down and go, all right, let's just take this thing apart one bite at a time and you know working hard and and uh put you in a position for luck and so i've just kind of learned that you know i my laziness is my biggest problem in life and so i don't know if i work hard but i seem to have done pretty good with it um other than you know it 
told me I was Machiavellian. No, I didn't. I'm just making this. It does not say that. It no. does. <laughs> I should clarify that. It's very nice. <laughs> so, so you've got you're in the lowest category for people with imposter oh, really? syndrome. Wow. Yeah. So, out, you know, to the a range Damn of it. you know four. Yeah. So I was going to take this up as a new hobby. <laughs> so, um, but but one of the things about it is that you know. A lot. There's one myth, right? One of the misconceptions out there that is that imposter syndrome is something that happens when you're learning something new, when you're a beginner. And the reason is because it's difficult. You know, learning's hard. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. And um, you know, we don't like it. <laughs> we just have to, you know, push through it and and then gradually learn some more and get more comfortable. And because imposter syndrome, that self doubt, is also uncomfortable. There's many people who think it's the same thing, but it's not. So this oh, it's is not self doubt then. Well, it is self doubt, oh, but it it's is. not. It's not the discomfort of being a beginner. It's not the learning thing. Okay. So you'll you'll see some and you see some influence talk influencers talking about it, and they say, "Hey, uh -huh. you know, it's just it's you just got to practice more." And it's like actually no imposter syndrome strikes when you're capable, you're competent, you've done. A million shows right? and yet you still feel doubt you still feel why would you know Meryl Streep after 75 movies she thinks why would anyone come and want to watch me in a movie <laughs> sometimes I think about that with the show <laughs> but you know I mean sometimes you you look at the show and I, I guess it, this wouldn't be imposter syndrome but sometimes you'll have a bad show and you're like mm -hmm. I wasn't a hundred percent on that show it could have been funnier I missed some timing points and some cues and I missed some jokes. And, you know, sometimes that is because I am tired uh, and I'm, I'm not feeling at the par, but, uh, or getting enough sleep usually this last week. But, uh, um, you know, you just kind of go, Hey, you know, do better next time. You know, you know, if you have that sort of insight, but I guess that's not really imposter syndrome. That's, that's just realizing, you know, you made a stupid mistake. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not being perfect. Um, mm. A lot of, uh, imposter syndrome is related to the expectation that you ah. should should be perfect. That's one yeah. of the symptoms, um, and so that means that if you had a bad show, then with imposter syndrome, you might lie awake all night afterwards, fretting about it, beating yourself mm -hmm. up, saying, "Oh, this just proves that I don't belong on a radio show. I I should, you know, go off and, you know, cut trees for a living or something like mm -hmm. that." Do you, do you find my summation by my rough edged uh, uh, polling is that women suffer this more than men? Is that true? That's actually another myth, it, really? I, but it but it but it has a basis. Like the original mm -hmm. research back in 1978 was done mm -hmm. on graduate women, and it seemed to show that women experienced it more than men. Mm -hmm. And then for you know 15 to 20 years after that, further research seemed to reinforce that. But then in the in the 90s, there was some research done where they made the um, made the survey absolutely confidential, totally anonymous. Mm -hmm. And then the numbers came out equal. Hmm. So what all these other surveys had captured was a cultural trend where men are mm, not allowed or won't allow themselves or not willing to express what they consider to be a weakness. Um, yeah. So it's a cultural thing. So it's a cultural artifact that they found. But actually, men and women experience it equally. And when you get to the root cause of it, you'll see also that there's no 
gender difference at all. That's interesting to me. Maybe it's just because I see more women talking about it. I mean, my polling comes off of, I see more women talking about imposter syndrome online, in posts, in all my things. I always equated it to, you know, women's women's social value and community value is is higher of a concern for them, their value, their PR of how they're present how they present in the world uh, what people's opinions are of them or uh, as men especially alpha males we just don't give a fuck about what anybody's opinion is of us which is probably the narcissism and the dark triad and the and the machiavellianism your uh, thing accused me of um <laughs> and so i just always equated that but you know like i say um, as men we don't go to the doctors we don't go to the psychotherapists we just wait until i don't know an appendage falls off and then we're like yeah, well, damn it. Uh, and then we and then we glue that back on and go for a while. Then and you know we, that's why we always die early, I guess. So I just always kind of figured it was more women because I see more women talk about it. Maybe they're just more self-reflected, or they they talk about it in their communities so they can help each other. Well, I think it, it, there is part part of it is that, but the other mm -hmm. part of it is there are studies that you know targeting women say, "Hey, women, do you suffer from imposter syndrome?" Mm -hmm. and you know, that is so damaging, right? Because yeah. if a woman thinks this that it's a woman's thing, it, it feels like there's something fundamentally wrong with being a woman, right? Hmm. Um, and then if a man is experiencing imposter syndrome, what they think is then a women's issue, then they feel even more isolated, even hmm. more like they don't belong. And so everybody loses. Yeah. Um, but with my, my clients are executives, two-thirds of them are men, mm -hmm. one-third wow. women. Okay. And that's a, and that's about the ratio of men and women at the executive level, right? There which, you go. which just shows that it's another way that it's equal. Among that's interesting. Genders. Well, mm -hmm. I guess women just have more self uh, awareness than us men when it comes down to it and can talk about it. Maybe maybe it's the fact that we can't talk about it. Or we don't. We just bury everything in our in in our stoicism. Um, so there's ten uh, imposter syndrome behaviors. Uh, do you want to tease those out and tell us uh, what some of those are? Yeah, so I'll start slightly higher if that's okay. So there's sure. three there's there's three types of symptoms. There's mm -hmm. the imposter syndrome thinking, like you're not who who am I to do this? I'm I just got lucky. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Then there's the physiological stress going into fight, flight, and freeze, and the body's oh. reaction that causes people then to do the imposter syndrome behaviors, like their coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So there are there are two kinds. One is hiding to try and get yourself out of the spotlight. So mm -hmm. that includes things like procrastinating, <laughs> not 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 speaking up enough when you should or when you can, uh -huh. um, avoiding opportunities like I did with that uh, role, and I went to my PhD instead. Deflecting mm -hmm. praise, right? To say, oh no, it was just good timing. Oh, it was my team, something like that, and and keeping it a secret. So that's the hiding uh -huh. behaviors, right? Um, and then the the other start is striving, striving behaviors. And that's where you've got this idea that I must be good enough. I don't feel good enough. Therefore, I must make myself good enough. No. So that's the perfectionism, comparing, over-preparing, uh, feeling like you never have enough qualifications. So always getting one more, hoping the next one's going to prove that you're good enough. And, you know, you, you just collect more. And then yeah. finally, just pushing through. Just, just trying to shut down all this, all this feeling, all this stress, all this nagging in your ear that you're not good enough, and, and just try and drive through it. And that is where you start to lead to burnout. There you go. Burnout is not good. No, no, it's very no. serious, and and has been 
has been linked to suicidal thoughts and in, in the extreme, but, you know, more usually it, it leads to people ending their careers. Yeah, there you so go. Serious, yeah. Being, so, in, being unhappy and miserable. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, so these not so imposter syndrome isn't all of these. Everyone has a, a unique profile, if you like, okay. combination of so it, yeah. So, so one, some might be more pronounced than others. Right, right. Huh. There you go. Um, so when people suffer through these things, uh, I guess the first step is becoming aware of what imposter syndrome is. The first step is knowing you have a problem, as they say mm -hmm. in AA. Um, yes. and, uh, and then seeking help for it. And so people can do that through your books, through your coaching and, and stuff like that. Um, what are some of the detriments that you see that people do in their lives or, uh, you know, how does it drag down people's lives and some examples you've seen where it's really impacted people's lives and they didn't realize how much destruction it was bringing? Yeah, you can, you can see it with a pattern of, um, say over preparing. Right. Oh. So that's that's where, um, you know, you've got something like this big presentation coming up. You get more stress than it. OK, although you've nailed every other big presentation that you've done. Right. So your past doesn't prove it to yourself that, that it's going to be good enough. So you worry about it and you do far more work than it requires to prepare for it. Now, the problem with that, then it just takes up more of your time. You know, you, you're, you're distracted and you're stressed. You're stressed and you can't think properly. You know, studies done at Princeton University shows that when you're highly stressed, you actually lose 13 IQ points. Like, it's a huge gap. Wow. And I remember, I'm already down 13 uh, IQ points as it is. So there's uh, that. Who has 13 points to spare? I certainly don't. I think I only had 13 to start with before I sucked on those lead paint chips as a kid when I was shaving off the garage for my grandfather. Uh, so there you go. Um, it, now, is it come down to self-worth? Is self-worth a factor in here of of having a good self-esteem, a self-value, a self-worth, self-accountability, self self-actualization, things like that? or It's it's getting in that direction it's not low self-esteem and it's not low confidence mm. that's another one of one of the myths if it was low self-esteem or low confidence it would affect every area of your life yeah. right so it would show up and people who are high achievers are you know tend to have achieved they've done stuff they're capable of do doing you know great things um so it's not that but the root cause of it is a a belief that your worth is not low, but your belief that your worth is conditional, that it depends on what oh. you do. So if you do something well, you, you're a, as a person, are good. If you do something poorly, you, as a person, are bad. Oh. See, I see it. I, I guess I look at it from a different angle, where if I see if I do something bad, maybe I didn't work hard enough, they would, and I see it I see it assigned to the task because I'm not going to take responsibility for it being my fault. Uh, but no, I well, look at it. That's why you. That's why you scored low on the on the tax. Yeah, that's why right? I got the Machiavellian score there. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 because what we do is we combine our worth with our actions. Now, so if after say you've got a show that totally bombed, obviously not this one because you're on fire today, but <laughs> if you. you one totally bombed, right? And you you would you would do the analysis of it, so you mm -hmm. you'd reflect on it. You'd say, oh, maybe I was tired. Maybe that you know we had problems with the audio, or you know this kind of thing. I just blame what the guests usually. 
you can blame the guests yes all of that right? but you don't make you don't mean it make it about you like yeah. maybe i'm not good enough maybe i shouldn't be doing this maybe yeah. i should you know go and be a tree surgeon <laughs> just just quit the podcast after 15 years screw exactly. this i have no yeah, idea yeah. what i'm doing Clearly, it's not I've working. Seen, yeah, I've seen some podcasters that need to do that, but they're not this far along. So there's that. Um, yeah, yeah, and so this is a really big deal. I'm I'm really amazed at how many people really struggle with this. But yeah, you know, there's a there's. I mean, it's an interesting world, and uh, you know, people seem to be suffering from more and more issues. And um, now you have a thing where you talk about spotting imposter syndrome and others. And why is it important to spot that and, uh, you know, say I'm going into business with them or I'm trying to do maybe a deal or something or some sort of relationship deal where, you know, vendor, supplier thing. Why is it important to notice uh, people who might be suffering from imposter syndrome and what should, is, is there something I should be aware of? Like, maybe we shouldn't do business with these people. Yeah, well, you know, the, the psychology researchers agree with that. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they say, you know, that when, when imposter syndrome first was discovered or uncovered, if you like, it's like, okay, what personality traits, how can we tell if someone has imposter syndrome, you know? What, and, and they spent decades trying to find the personality trait that is linked to it, and they can't find one. It's virtually impossible to spot imposter syndrome in someone else because people tend to keep it in a secret. It's an internal dialogue. So outside, there might be someone who, you know, they've just done this presentation, given a speech, and they look fantastic. And they look relaxed and competent, they're fluent, everything's smooth. And you just don't see what's going on internally for them and how much they're judging themselves, berating themselves, doubting themselves. Mm -hmm. and exhausting that is so you really can't spot it unless someone says it and you know a lot of my clients when they've talked about it after they've been through the program they've, they've told mentioned it to other people and usually people will say oh i had no idea i would not i would swear that you didn't you always seem so confident and that and that's the thing and that's why yeah it's why you can't filter for it really there you go I, I I think the one time I felt the most imposter syndrome uh, uh, experience, and I was ready to throw it on the mic and walk off the stage. I was speaking at a, at a trucking convention uh, for truckers uh, in uh, Kansas City, I think it was, and no one had told me that. Well, I'll I'll, I'll play the story this way. Um, so I was I was on stage, and the first two rows. Uh, I had a uh, a lot of comedy loosening up with a show to do at the beginning, you know, to get everybody loosened up. And uh, so I started, you know, doing whatever the joke says. I had some local jokes and stuff. And uh, the front row was looking at me like I was deadpanning, like I was dying hard, you know, as they say in comedy. And uh, they weren't laughing. And they were just looking at me like I was a freak. They were just, like, looking at me like just, like, nothing. Like I couldn't get any of the front rows to respond to me in any way. In fact, if anything, they just they just look kind of look at me and they turn and look at each other and start talking to each other. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm losing the room. And uh, and I just got started. And uh, I was I was screaming in my brain, throw down the mic, walk off. This isn't somehow you fail as a speaker. This is not for you. You're not funny. 
you know, I really started going into a tailspin mm-hmm. and I, and usually in that case as a comedian, you'll start trying to work them and you'll start focusing on them. And I, so I did, and that threw me even further off. Cause you know, you're trying to give a speech. You're not trying to stand up. And I couldn't get anybody to respond or jive with me. I mean, I was getting to the point where I was going to start picking people out and start doing a, an improv and start where'd you get that shirt from um you know that's whole sort of bit and it was just screaming in my head and so i half happened just finished the podcast uh fortunately uh some people had some great questions in the back and i just said f these people in the front row george carlin had a bit where he says if you got a show that's funny and everywhere you go it's funny but you go to i don't know georgia somewhere in the backwoods of georgia and they don't think it's funny screw those people they just don't get it and so that's kind of the conclusion i came to it was a horrible speech i gave and it was just a rambling mess threw everything off i came off the stage and i went to the back of the room and i said to the people back there that came up to me like that was that was great it was great yeah i said what the fuck is going on with the front rows and they go oh that's the deaf coalition of the truckers they're all deaf didn't you see the signer on the on the side of the stage i'm like yeah i kind of saw that but i know you guys are recording this for a video so i thought it was for you know people bought the video and and that's that that was another lesson i learned is is if you're going to go speak someplace go spend some time and read the room and uh, (laughs) before you get on stage and so they, they were deaf they didn't understand what i was saying they weren't getting any of my jokes and uh and here I was ready to quit, but that was probably the worst imposter syndrome I ever had. I literally was ready to throw on the mic and quit yeah. speaking forever yeah. and walk off the stage and uh, quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What an experience. Oh, my gosh. But it, but it's because you made it then the translation in your head was this must be me. Yeah, I thought it was me. Yeah. I'm like, I suck at this. I'm not yeah. funny. People have been placating me this whole time to go like, oh, clap for idiot boy. He's not, he thinks he's funny. He's cute. Um, yeah, I was, I just, I, I, I don't think I've ever died ever that hard anywhere. Wow. And uh, the more I focused on that front row, the more I was just sucked into a black hole of living. Cause they, you know, they just weren't getting it. And, yeah. uh, and uh, so anyway, that was, that was my imposter syndrome. But did, but did you hear, hear that bit at the end where these guys came up to you and said, the ones who could hear it, oh, that was great. Yeah, they liked right? it. And I was like, that sucked. So that was like you, exactly. So the, the only place that your, your, your show bombed was in your head. Everyone else who yeah. could hear it thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was good that I and didn't give up. Thing. So there you go. Maybe yes. that's a lesson that you teach and telling people, if you feel you're in that moment, of being overwhelmed with imposter syndrome, don't give up. Just keep pushing through. Maybe uh, you could do. It depends, you know, because pushing through can be one of the um, yeah uh, defensive behaviors for it. Hmm. So yeah, it's more it's more it's separating out separating out your actions from your worth. There you so go. At that point, you are blending it with I must I I I'm not getting a response. Therefore, I suck. Rather than I'm not getting a response. Gee, this is weird. I've done this so many times. Yeah. yeah? Well, how strange. I'm just going to talk to the people in the back. If you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I finally just thankfully said, "Screw these people," and yeah. people. I started noticing people in the back were responding to me, and I, I responded. I realized it focus. Yeah, as a comedian, yeah. the it, you notice the people in the room that aren't laughing, 
and mm-hmm. you tune into them and it becomes like a game in your head to make them laugh and it starts to really mess with your head because you know in the meanwhile the whole room is probably laughing and they're having a good time and you're just like trying to figure out why joe bob there up front can't has no comedy so there you go um one of the things you talk about too is um some people try affirmations i guess affirmations to uh deal with imposter syndrome i guess they're like that uh that bit that what's his face used to do on SNL where you sit in, where he sat in front of the mirror and went, people like me. Is <laughs> that Franken or Al Franken bit? Um, how come affirmations don't work for this sort of thing? Yeah, so affirmations, uh, affirmations have got um, the, the, what what we we'd say here in the UK is a marmite thing. You either love it or you hate it, right? Mm. And so you love affirmations. Because affirmations have have this reputation, right, of a person who who's broken, you know, can't pay his rent, sitting in the mirror saying, "I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire," and not going out and doing anything about it except trying to convince himself that he's a millionaire. That's the the bad reputation that mm-hmm. affirmations have. Mm-hmm. Um, affirmations work with a particular part of the brain. Mm-hmm. And that part of the brain is the part that notices information and kind of plays it back to you. So mm-hmm. uh, if you were going to say, if you were going to buy a new car, what, what car, if you, your dream car, what would your next car be? Mm-hmm. For me, uh, it'd be a Porsche. Yeah. That's, uh, that's okay. not, not on the agenda. Porsche, lovely. What color? Uh, you know, I don't really know. Something that the something that the chicks like. I'm a single guy at 55. I've had three BMWs, and I love BMWs with all my heart and soul. But it, it's time for something different. But you know, I don't know. Red hot, maybe. It's probably going to be have to be the hot red. There you portion. go. Whatever yeah, the chicks like. Whatever <laughs> See, the chicks yes. are like. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. You so you start shopping for your Porsche. Right, and you, mm-hmm. you 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 start paying attention. You look at the specs. You go for a test drive, and all that time that you're putting that attention on it, you're telling your brain, hey, this is important, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is important to me. And what the, your brain will do, the certain part of your brain called the reticular activating system for mm-hmm. people who know the brain, um, what your brain will do is, is then start pointing it out to you. So yeah. what you'll find is you suddenly see more Porsches and you'll suddenly see more red Porsches as well. Mm-hmm. Not because there's suddenly more on the road, but because your brain's now paying attention to it. There you go. Well, so that is how the brain is supposed to work, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, say you're starving and walking along in a, in a rainforest and you spot an edible plant, that's your brain saying, hey, the, of all the billions of bits of information, that's an edible plant, that's important. So that's, 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 that's how affirmations are supposed to work. They don't work if they're not true. Here, back to the millionaire oh. thing, right? They won't work because your brain, your brain's got this model of how the world works, right? Mm. And it trusts it. Like this has kept you alive so far. It's really fundamental. And if you try to tell it something it doesn't believe, it's just going to go no. So if you tell it something that is um, that you do believe, like your values, you can focus on your values, do affirmations, and then your brain will point out those things about those values, and so you'll be more authentic, right? So that's how they can do now. Come to imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is this deep level belief. The, the root cause of it is this deep level belief that your worth depends on what you do. Your worth is conditional. Mm-hmm. 
And so if you stand in the mirror and you tell yourself, I am enough, right? I am good enough. Your brain's going to go, oh, no, you're not. Because <laughs> it doesn't fit to the model of the world, right? So to, mm -hmm. to, to change that belief, you have to then go through a very specific process to change the way that your brain interprets that that particular thing and that's then we're going deep into the science of how to change a belief a deep-seated belief there you go and that leads me into my my other question i had for you um you know the affirmations element of trying to do it you know we see kind of in this culture lately of this uh, fake it till you make it thing i don't know if you guys have that over on that side mm -hmm. of the line, but over here it's everywhere especially in social media you know, there's lots of uh, FOMO, what they call FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. And so people fake it till they make it. Like we'll see these uh, uh, these people on Instagram and social media. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll go rent a car for a day, like a Ferrari, and get some expensive jewelry on loan and then take pictures to pretend like that's their life. They actually have places in L.A. where you can go to... Uh, a studio set that has a private plane fuselage cutout, you know, it's just a piece of it. And they have the, you know, it looks like you're sitting on the private plane. It's got like the windows and meanwhile, the rest of it's a studio and, you know, it's got the champagne and you're like, we're, we're playing on the thing. We're living the life. Uh, but it, it, they call it the yeah. fake it till you make it sort of mentality. And it sounds like that might fall in the same failure field as what happens when you try and use affirmations. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the so the first point about imposter syndrome, it's not about being an actual imposter. Uh -huh. So it's not it's not sitting in a fake plane and trying to pretend, right? <laughs> those are the real imposters. <laughs> I've I've seen those photos actually. Oh gosh, my my mind has just been blown all those all that time. <laughs> I thought it was genuine. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's that. So that's not try to fake it. The fake it till you make it is usually what's told to people when they're they're on a learning path right so we're going mm. back to this being a beginner right you're in a learning environment so just try it's more of a just try it you know just don't 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 give up because you haven't got it perfect you know the first time mm -hmm. I, every, everybody's got to learn i think that's the healthy way for fake it till you make it fake it till you make it for imposter syndrome is <laughs> really bad advice <laughs> really really bad advice because people already feel like they're a fraud right so the yeah. advice that now 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 take now take that inner feeling and now deliberately make yourself a fraud and and that self-fulfilling prophecy right there well yeah but th that'll just ramp up the stress so you know you'll get sleepless nights you'll get anxiety you'll get overwhelmed mm. you'll 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 body will more easily go into fight flight and freeze states your nervous system uh, will respond like that as if it's a, an emergency and that's when you lose your 13 points of your iq um because the literally the blood gets taken away from the the front part of your brain and sent to your wow. muscles yeah oh, because wow. mm. you're in fight or flight mode that ex that explains it it's it's uh, enabling your muscles so they can Five flight yes. and thirteen IQ points. That was all I had left going for me. So once I lose that, man, the tank's empty. Um, so what are some ways you can maybe tease out uh, to have people uh, get rid or assist themselves in uh, regulating their imposter syndrome? Obviously, people need to order the book up from Amazon.com or uh, work with you as a coach. But uh, can you tease out a little bit to us? Yeah. So there's two things you can do with that. First, you can either try and manage it, mm -hmm. right? 
uh, or you can get rid of it. So to manage it, um, the easiest place to start is with your nervous system. Right, so let, let's claim back those 13 points of, of IQ, right? So, so that is doing things that will get you calm. So there are exercises that you can do, like shaking out your muscles to get the stress hormones out of your bloodstream quickly, mm-hmm. then some deep breathing, um, and, and then there's all sorts of exercises, you know, they, they're personalized, so it's, it's what fits you. But um, mm. anything that you can do, um, try and get rid of any external stresses as much as you can, right? Anything that's unnecessary. You know, if you've got a belief that you've just, you've just done this very long week and you have to mow the lawn mm-hmm. this Sunday and you hate it and it's just, you know, get, go, go, go find a Boy Scout and get them to mow your lawn, right? You know, you. Little, little things like that just to, just to take down the stress, which is about, getting support from those around you basically so that's the easiest thing to do when you're less stressed then you're less likely to do the coping behaviors that we talked about the procrastination the perfectionism the over preparing mm-hmm. so yeah, that's at its most basic level um and i go through the the things that you can do for all of that at the front part of my book and then the second thing that you can do is to eliminate it completely now to eliminate it it's not about those three symptoms. It's about getting to the root cause of it. And that yeah. means that means the, a, a very specific process that you do to change the belief that your worth is conditional. So that's what we do in my program is we change your conditional worth where you, your actions and you are combined and we separate them out and, and give you unconditional worth. And then this is, this is then it, this is like freedom because you you're you're not reactive you're not taking things personally you're you're confident you have effortless confidence you forget to doubt yourself right mm-hmm. and when you forget to doubt yourself you know your worth then then you 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 can be an adventurer then you can you know take more positive risks right because you're not you haven't got this second track voice playing in your head saying oh don't know about that you shouldn't do that <laughs> There you go. Well, some good tips and stuff to do. And of course, people can go to your website and they can take your test and uh, they'll probably get a higher score than me. Uh, but uh, I think I should say so. <laughs> yeah. And you said it was like 78%, I think, of people suffer from this, right? So 70% is okay. the conservative, what the research has done. Other research has shown it's up to 82%. Mm. Um, when we look at the root cause of imposter syndrome, that conditional worth, mm-hmm. um, that actually affects a lot more people, like 99.999% of people. Wow. And that, that belief, you know, is, is, is so prevalent in everywhere in our society and in our psyches. But when we... Um, when we get to become high achievers, it shows up as imposter syndrome. So, you know, the 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 other thirty percent can be people who unwittingly are managing it quite well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or completely oblivious to it. Oh, that's what <laughs> or, I like. Oblivious. <laughs> or, or there are the four, four, exactly, or there are the four percent of um, you know high achievers who are. Uh, you know, a clinical diagnosis of psychopath or sociopath. Huh. Which yeah. is probably me. Um, all right, then there you go. And if you can overcome imposter syndrome, you can get effortless self-confidence, authenticity, uh, calm and feeling in control. You know, when you feel you're authentic and you're an authentic self and you know, your your shtick, 
you know your mm -hmm. stuff uh mm -hmm. it's nice it feels pretty good uh and then i just walk around and tell everyone else they're dumber than i am no i don't do that people that's just a joke uh that's uh, that's probably the sociopath in me um a vibrant energy focus and productivity and finally feeling good enough all right so this has been fun and hopefully we've helped some people final thoughts as we go out so i think the final thoughts is this isn't you imposter syndrome is not who you are it's mm. not your personality uh you're not alone and you can do something about it so there's hope there's hope and the best hope you can take and get is to go to tara's or tara's website tara give us uh, your dot com so we can find you on the interwebs it's outsmartimpostorsyndrome.com there you go and uh you can order up her book outsmart imposter syndrome and the suffering free your mind claim your inner success and it's out tomorrow on september 14th 2023 and if you're feeling uh even more frisky get her private or her previous book uh it's called unmasking i was trying to flip to the uh amazon as i was talking there unmasking the coach's guide to imposter syndrome so there's that as well thank you very much for coming on the show tara we really appreciate it it's an absolute pleasure thank you chris there you go and hopefully we solve some riddles and then of course people can reach out to you for private coaching and all that they can contact you at their, your website yeah there you go uh thanks my honest for tuning in because without you guys we couldn't do it and uh even though some of you might also have an imposter syndrome out there uh tell them to listen to the show and, and sign up to the subscription as well go to goodreads.com for it says chris Foss, youtube.com for it says chris Foss, linkedin.com for it says chris Foss, and chris Foss one on that tickety talkie that the kids are always talking about over there that's not what it's called they don't say that but i don't know i like saying it thanks for tuning in be good to each other stay safe and we'll see you guys next time and that should have